0: It's Wednesday, June 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Guardians, come, th- uh, come through again in, in extra innings on Tuesday night in the series opener against the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Jose Ramirez figuring prominently in the victory once again. Drove in the, uh, the first two Cleveland runs, and uh, in, in the 10th inning, drove in the go ahead run uh for a 4-3 victory uh Jose Ramirez right now is is doing everything.
1: Yeah, he's uh Terry Francona said after the game he checks a lot of boxes and uh he certainly did that last night uh like you said Joe uh gives the Guardians a two nothing lead with uh you know when Buddy Black uh Colorado's manager elects to pitch to him with first base open, two outs and runners on second and and third in the third inning. Uh, you know, then uh he draws a leadoff walk in in the sixth, steals second, takes third on the catcher throwing error, and scores on Josh Naylor's single for a three-one lead. Uh, you know, that the Rockies tie it up, and in the 10th, uh you know, with Ahmed Rosario on second base as the automatic runner. First pitch he sees, he, he doubles to right and, uh, give, give, you know, scores a go-ahead run. And he also, on a on a crazy, crazy uh, rundown in the bottom of the 10th, uh, you know, it went 2-1, two, 2-5. Two, that was the rundown when, uh, for some reason, uh, Charlie Blackman tried to score on a on a bouncer back to the mound. Uh, from third base, uh, you know, he tagged Blackman out, and for the, you know, that all-important first out of the uh, 10th inning.
0: Right, it looked like uh, the Guardians were going to just be resigned to letting that run score, and, you know, playing for the, playing for the tie, and and going to the 11th inning, Uh, Emmanuel Class A on the mound, but uh, the the bouncer, uh, you know, out in front, uh, Austin Hedges, uh, who knows what happened there with, with, with Hedgie trying to, to pick the ball up. Uh, he, he did everything but pick the ball up. He just kept going. But Classe uh, managed to get the ball and getting the rundown with Blackman. Uh, yeah, Jose, uh, he just seemed to be in the middle of everything that happened in, in, in the, it, 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 to, to cause that victory. Uh, he, you look at statistics like war and, and wins above replacement, things like that. Uh, you can't measure what the value of this guy is with just numbers. I don't think it, because he really does inspire his teammates. Everybody in the in the locker room afterwards had something to say about him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know Brian Shaw who pitched the ninth. He came back to uh, Coors Field where you know he did not have a lot of success when he's after he left Cleveland and after the 2017 season, he said, you know, I'm surprised uh, Jose hasn't talked to the front office about renegotiating his, uh, his multi-year deal, the way he's playing. Cause he's, you know, he's doing everything he's hitting, he's uh, running the bases, he's playing defense. Uh, he just said, he's, it's ridiculous watching him. Uh, Shane Bieber said he's, he's the most valuable player in baseball right now and, um, and uh, it's just, uh, he is on a roll, Joe. And the thing that gets me about him is he plays so hard all the time. He never takes, you know, ground balls. He's running hard to first base, even on, you know, outs. Uh, and, you know, you just don't see that from a, you know, a player of his caliber. Sometimes, you know, you just take a, you take a, you take a bat off, but this guy does not, you know, Francona was pointing out when he walked in the, uh in the uh, in the 6th inning he led to let off the inning he was down to 02 and uh, in, in that at bat worked it back up to walk and you know he kind of ignited a, a rally again there
0: right uh he collected his major league leading what 62nd RBI 60, uh, Yeah,
1: 62
0: and and now he's one of 17 players in franchise history uh to go over the 600 RBI mark uh for Cleveland uh, everything that he said when he signed that contract is, is starting to come true. It's, you know, he's, he's becoming one of the greatest players in franchise history. If he, if he wasn't already one, when he signed it, but by the end of, of his career, he's going to, ha- he's going to hold every record or be in the conversation with each one.
1: Yeah. I mean, if he stays healthy, Joe, and, and uh, you know, and, you know, not even at this level of production, just at an average level of production, you know, over the next seven, seven years. Jeez. Um, I mean, he, you, you, you know, the, probably the one, the one, uh, uh, you know, stat he won't climb. I don't think he's going to hit, he's got not, not going to no. challenge Tony with home runs or Albert no. Bell, but uh, everything else is on the table.
0: Yeah. You know, he might not be tops in RBIs, tops in, you know, batting or slugging or anything like that, but he'll be in the top 10. Oh, he'll be in the top five in most of those categories. Uh, does this, does, does this stretch right now, put him on the, on the Mount Rushmore, the, the top four, uh, you know, greatest Cleveland baseball players of all time. You you, you put Feller, you can put, you know, Tris Speaker, guys like that, but Uh, he's got to be in the conversation at least.
1: Yeah, I think he's in the conversation. I think he's got to play a little longer. You know, if he spends his whole career here, you know, fortunately, and it looks like that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I think at the end of this career, you know, we're looking at, you know, maybe a Hall of Famer and maybe a guy that that goes on to Mount Rushmore of Cleveland players.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's it's exciting to think about, you know, him now being locked in for those seven years and if this, this level of production continues, Uh, you bring up a good point and you brought it up, you know, with the, with the poster put up this morning, Uh, is he the most valuable player right now in uh, the American league? He's, he's come so close to winning that award, uh, you know, on multiple occasions, but you know, this year you got to look, you got to look over in New York at what Aaron judge is doing. And, you know, if the, if the six foot seven, you know, right fielder for the New York Yankees, Uh, leading uh, baseball in home runs, isn't the guy, you know, leading the conversation for uh, American league MVP, then, you know, the, the New York writers aren't doing their jobs, I guess. Uh, Do we need to do ours a little better to get Jose in that conversation?
1: I think people are, you know, they know the baseball people know, the writers know that what this guy can do. I know they, it was, you know, Jack Magruder, Is is here, you know, filling in for Mandy Bell uh, Mm -hmm. uh, and MLB.com, and he goes, and after the game, he was talking to Francona, and he said, uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to see, you know, Ramirez every day. I mean, tell me about this guy. What what makes him so good? And you know, I think uh, you know, maybe that's you know that'll happen over the course of the season, Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, probably Judge has has an edge. You know, obviously, you know, playing in New York. But, you know, it's it's there's only two votes for every, you know, every city has two votes on the uh, um, in the BBWA for the MVP. So I think, you know, New York bias plays a role, but, you know, it's not like they can stuff the ballot box either. Right. And you've got to look at
0: Ramirez's total contribution top to bottom uh, in this. He he gives you more than what judge can give you. He plays better defense. He runs the bases in incredibly much you know a a lot better uh i i just think that his his overall contribution to a team win is is more than a guy on a a team with you know a bunch of 30 million dollar players you you can't you can't even compare the two he's he produces a a greater share of a win uh by what he does at the plate and in the field so uh that's a
1: that's a great point joe that's a great point i mean. Jose is like, if his back breaks, you know, it, it's from carrying this ball club. I mean, right. I mean, he, and uh, you know, judge has a, a much more talented cast around him. They're running away with the AL East uh, the, you know, the guardians are rebuilding. Basically they've got a, you know, the youngest team in baseball and he has them, you know, he has them two and a half games out of, out of first place in the AL central.
0: Right. 21 uh, extra base hits and and 31 RBIs in his last what 20 25 games something 25
1: like that? games yeah 30 RBIs uh and uh, 21 extra base hits in his last 25 games
0: okay well I, we could literally spend a, a full 20 minutes talking about Jose and, and and what he does uh but but we're gonna move on here we, we talked about uh, Shane Bieber you know kind of tough luck again not getting the uh not getting a win he pitched certainly well enough uh to, to earn one yesterday in Colorado tough place to pitch. He comes out and, you know, has a little traffic on the bases, but uh, another, uh, he extends his streak of 35 consecutive road starts, allowing three or fewer runs, or earned runs. Uh, that's, that's incredibly impressive. Uh, he gives up the, the home run to Blackman in the, what, seventh inning? Seventh inning. That sort of takes him out of contention for, for picking up the win. But, uh, again, he, he's starting to look like uh, like the Shane Beaver that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks here, uh, where you go out there and you just you book him for, what, six, seven innings and, and ten strikeouts a game.
1: Yeah, he definitely uh, is kind of getting back to form. After the game, he said, you know, he feels good. He's felt good since spring training, but he's still not where he wants to be. He's still, but he's getting closer. And uh, I thought Francona had a, you know, was kind of made a revealing comment after the game. He said, uh, you know, I probably managed with my heart more than, uh, you know, with with his brain in, in the seventh inning. He said, I probably left him in one batter too long instead of, you know, one, you know, should have should have probably got him out of there after, you know, maybe had two outs in in, in the inning and black with Blackman coming up and you you've got Eli Morgan out there, uh, ready, ready to go. All right. All
0: right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we're, we're looking at, you mentioned two and a half out in the American league central, the, uh, Minnesota twins, of course, are, are waiting for the guardians at the end of this road trip. Uh, but right now, you know, uh, both teams are sort of, uh, sort of eyeballing each other across the, uh, the scoreboard there, uh, should, sort of watching and seeing, uh, Cleveland is it, what won 11 of their last 14 and you they're in a position right now with, with the Dodgers sort of struggling, you know, what are we expecting over the next four or five games here?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Joe, you know, there's seven and three in their last 10, the twins are five and five in their last 10. Uh, surprisingly the, the uh, Cleveland has a plus 34 run differential the twins have a plus 21. So, you know, they're, they're, it means, you know, they're scoring more, you know, they're pitching and, and score and offense are kind of working hand in hand, you know um, but I think that the next four or five games here are going to be important. You know, they play the Rockies two more times, starting the night, uh, you know, Wednesday night, then uh, you, you, they got to go out uh, to, to the Dodgers uh, who, you know, are still, you know, still the Dodgers mm-hmm. still, uh, you know, like they're the Yankees of the uh, West coast and uh, you know, they're loaded and, uh, but they are struggling a bit. Maybe they catch them, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a bad time of the season, like Francona says, it's not, you know, a lot of times how you do against the team is depends on how you catch them. You know, do they have a bunch of guys on the injury injured list? Do, are they struggling? Is there something going on internally with the ball club? Well, speaking of stuff going on
0: internally with the ball club, uh the White Sox are struggling as well. Uh the, the team that everybody thought would be, you know, the front runners in this division and is you know a loaded lineup top to bottom. Uh they've they've struggled with injuries devastating their pitching staff. Uh and Tony LaRussa as the the manager has uh, has not necessarily worked out the way that everybody or the, at least the the, the White Sox ex- expected it to work out. I think a lot of people expected. Ah, uh, this to be the case with Larusa being sort of an out of touch uh, manager and 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 not really connecting with the clubhouse there. Uh, how much longer do you think Chicago goes with Tony Larusa? Could we see a change before the Guardians meet up with them
1: again uh, later on this season? Well, that's a great question, Joe. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf, the White Sox owner, I think would have to fire himself before he fires Larusa. He loves Larusa. This is the second time around. Uh, you know Tony managing the White Sox of course he was really really a young manager the first time uh this time around he's he's catching a lot of heat they're 29 and 31 um 20 uh, five games out of first place uh, but Lance Lynn is back I think Tim Anderson is you know rehabbing uh they they might be able to pull out of this Joe but they're you know I you know everybody still thinks uh they're gonna somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat and win this division and yeah. I, I have serious doubts about that
0: yeah 29 and 31 with a 230 million dollar payroll is is enough to make a, a man a, an owner want to you know go in a different direction so uh something about that maybe to just to keep an eye on if uh if the possibility is there you know and you got to also think about who would be out there to replace him or you know take the spot I, uh, it, and, and still be able to, to get, you know, the team to, to win games. It's not just enough to make the move. It's, you got to get somebody better to, to come in and, and connect with the team. So, uh, you know, it's not just enough to, to fire LaRusso. You've got to have, you got to have a plan B, uh, speaking of plan B, the, uh, the guardians flew into, uh, Denver on what, uh, Sunday night, Sunday evening. Yeah. Sunday evening and there were storms in the area. Uh, I guess from from reading the, the post you put up and the, uh, you know, the stories that they were talking about on the pregame uh, radio show, uh, the flight into Denver felt more like an Eli Morgan change up uh, <laughs> sort of sort of waffling in the air a little bit. And they uh, they aborted and, and, and uh, flew into Colorado Springs. Uh, what else
1: did you learn about the uh, that harrowing event? Yeah, I, I know Mike Sarbaugh did not enjoy it. He had the air sickness bag on his knee, like, uh, you know, like the Beatles song back in the USSR. <laughs> but, but, so, uh, but, and then uh, Luke Maley, uh, the catcher said, you know, the, the guy came in uh, trying to land in Denver the pilot. And he said it was like a, a, a Tim Wakefield knuckleball. That's how go. bad the plane was moving. Uh, and uh, Frank was saying he looked out the window and they were about a hundred yard, a hundred feet above the uh, runway. Uh, and he said, this can't be good. And then all of a sudden, you know, the pilot pulled out of it and they landed in Colorado Springs and kind of waited out the storm for a couple hours and then flew back, uh, to Denver uh, I think Sarbaugh told me he much rather would have preferred that they they bus back to uh, to Denver from uh, Colorado Springs
0: yeah it's not a bad not a bad little drive you could probably get there in uh you know less than an hour or two if you if you do that so uh, you've been on the road with this team for damn near 40 years uh, any any similar stories uh, you know for you flying or, or you know just any memories of Uh, bad flights, bad landings that you've taken?
1: I know, uh, you know, whenever there was, when we used to, when the reporters used to fly with the team, um, whenever there was turbulence, you know, Mike Seggy liked to stir it up the traveling secretary and he would start singing, you know, the, the Rolling Stones song, this could be the last time he would start singing. This could be the last flight and just, you know, tormenting guys that, that, that really had trouble, that really hated flying or hated turbulence. So it was kind of like that gallows humor. Who was the, who was the one who, who got, you was
0: worried about it the most on that team flight. Wasn't it, uh, uh the the pitching coach uh
1: yeah uh dick paul dick paul hated it you know he 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 had a t- he had a tough time flying yeah definitely i saw it in, you know and pat corrales who was you know the tough guy of tough guys you know we were on one flight um when he was managing the indian the indians and uh we we hit a we hit a couple uh, some bumps uh some turbulence i saw him make the sign of the cross
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow yeah, everybody becomes religious at that point. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the escapades continued when uh, the team got to the ballpark on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Terry Francona was telling the story that uh, the, the, the folks, the security guys, wouldn't let the team into the ballpark. And he recalled a, a story back to the 2007 World Series in Colorado. Uh, something similar happened to Dustin Pedroia. Where they they wouldn't let Dustin Pedroya into the ballpark in Colorado because uh they didn't believe that he was a ball player. They you know, Dustin Pedroya, who was what, all of five, six, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I could I could understand maybe where uh a security worker wouldn't recognize him, but uh Pedroia had hit a home run off of one of the Rockies relievers in earlier in the series, and you know, Pedroya had gotten, you know, pretty hot under the collar when they wouldn't let him in. And he said, uh, he, Tito said that he told the security worker, you know, go ask so and so the pitcher uh if I'm on, if I'm on the bleeping team and uh uh eventually he got let in the park and they won the World Series, but Tito said he recalled that uh that it happened so while they were getting hassled outside the gate uh yesterday Tuesday he texted Pedroya and asked for any advice on how to get into the ballpark in uh in Colorado. So you know, it's, it's really fun to, to hear Tito, you know, even able to keep his sense of humor when, uh, you know, a, a security guard is, is not letting him, uh, get into the park to, to do his job basically.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, he had, he had some great stories. He was in a, he was in a great mood, uh, uh, Monday, Monday before the game, he was, he was telling us, you know, stories about the university of Arizona, the flight, you know, he's such a big basketball fan, but, uh, yeah, it was. He, he, you could tell he was he was feeling uh, he was feeling good. Well, uh, we'll we'll see as the uh, as the NBA Finals continue. He's
0: always up on the uh, the basketball happenings. We'll maybe we can pry some uh, some stories out of him uh, there as well. Uh, Hoinze, we're going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will get back with you again uh, after Wednesday night's game uh, and talk to you tomorrow. All right, Joe.